creek. Well, first of all, it's, it's when, the, when the lights come on, the creeks come out at night. So, you know, when they come on, it's time to shine. You're listening to the From the Pink Seats podcast, powered by the State of Louisville Network. We've got a very special episode of From the Pink Seats podcast in store for you this evening. We thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Jacob Lane, joined by my good friends here, Matthew McGavick of the Louisville Reporter Sports Illustrated, Vincent Lococo, former Louisville football player and student assistant for Scott Satterfield staff. And when I say special, uh, it's a special episode because things are going to be a little bit energetic in here. I think that uh, tonight there's not going to be any questions about the juice being brought to the show. Uh, we're excited to be joined by Louisville's new offensive line coach in his first year at Louisville, uh, but not a, a new name by any means. Coach Nick Cardwell joins the show tonight. And uh, Vince, this is a guy that you worked with uh, back in 2019, a guy that you know very well. Uh, give me the, the rundown. Give me the 411 on what uh, people need to know about Coach Cardwell. Yeah, so I was with him at 19 whenever he was quality control with tight ends under Stu Holt. So I got to see a little bit more laid back Cardwell because he wasn't so much of a position coach. That being said, Carwell was the one who uh, broke the playbook down, in my opinion, the best, who taught me the signals, who just taught me every in and little, every little detail that you should be knowing about the playbook because he's been in this offense for so long. That's why I'm just very confident and very high on this guy being our offensive line coach. Yeah, and Matt, he comes back uh, to Louisville and was supposed to be the tight ends coach. Just by happenstance, we're in a situation where he could easily slide over into the offensive line coach. Once, co- uh, once Coach Jack Bicknell left from North Carolina, what were your thoughts initially when they made the hire a tight ends coach? And then uh, what were your what was your kind of thoughts when they shifted Coach Cardwell over? I mean, they couldn't have found them in a much better position. I mean, they already had someone who had a pretty extensive history of coaching offensive line. So as soon as I heard that Bicknell was on the way out to North Carolina, I thought, well, if if they know what to properly do, which they, ended up, they did, they'd slide him over to offensive line so that they could just go out and hire another tight ends coach. Yeah, things are going to be really interesting for Louisville this year. They get an offensive line uh, line back that's mostly made up of veterans. Several younger guys got to play last year. Those guys will be thrown into the mix, and there will be a few more. So hopefully we'll find out during this episode some names that maybe aren't on the radar. Uh, we'll get an update, obviously, on spring with uh, the guys taking the field for the spring game, practice, scrimmage, uh, whatever you want to call it, this past weekend, which was fantastic. Great to get out uh, to Cardinal Stadium and drink beer again with my friends and watch football. As always, a little housekeeping thing. Be sure uh, to give us a follow on Twitter at Pink Seats Pod and subscribe to From the Pink Seats Podcast anywhere you get your podcast from. You can find these two guys on Twitter as well, at Matt underscore McGavick. The Louisville Report of Sports Illustrated is where you can find all of his work. And then Vincent Lococo, exactly how it sounds on Twitter. And then, of course, check out the stateoflouisville.com as well as the State of Louisville Podcast network where you'll find uh, four great shows running right now with all kinds of good good content so be sure to check those out and without further ado let's go ahead and bring in the man of the hour coach nick cardwell coach nick cardwell his first year back at louisville is the new offensive line coach the first time on from the pink seats podcast coach cardwell how you doing tonight doing great how about you guys Man, we are excited. We got to see a little bit of football on Sunday. Got to, like That's I said, right. got to gather with about you know five thousand of our friends, drink beer, and enjoy Louisville being back on the field. So I'm sure, uh, much like you, it's great to be back out there. Which is a great uh, jumping off point. Tell me about about what you saw on uh, on Sunday there at Cardinal Stadium as you guys got back out on the field in front of a live crowd. Really, just and I told the guys before we went out there not to worry about any missed assignments or any of that other stuff. Just play hard and uh, go 100 miles an hour, and we can, we can correct all the other things. Good execution, 
limit the penalties. Um, but you're going to make mistakes, guys. I get it. You know, this is day 15. And, we're, and really, we're not doing anything different than what we've already been doing. And so there really shouldn't be that much. But I, at the end of the day, I don't want guys out there thinking. Don't sit around and think a whole lot. Go play fast, knock the hell out of somebody, and just have fun doing it. Over this uh, whole offseason, we've heard nothing but great things about some of the returning offensive linemen. You guys are only losing one regular starter. So what do you think your evaluation of spring football was as a whole? Absolutely. And I think these guys have done a tremendous job. Um, of course, I was here two years ago with Coach Ledford. And um, kudos to Coach Bignell as well. I think he's done an incredible job with these guys up front. Uh, they play their tails off. They get after it. And, uh, man, you know, I was excited to get a chance to work with them. Uh, but we got some talented guys. I, when we first showed up two years ago, um, I remember the first day we went in the pads and um, just wasn't a whole lot of hitting going on. You could tell that, you know, that's why, I mean, I was like, what are we doing? Hey, those meeting, those meeting rooms at that time were hilarious with you all. Well, I mean, it wasn't funny because I was, you know, those are my friends and stuff. But hearing you guys be like, yeah. y'all just don't like to hit. Y'all are scared. Y'all are scared to hit. And we were so used to, we were so used to uh, just guys, you know, really getting after it pretty good. And, um, you know, these guys, I guess, were trying to take care of each other. And I was like, man, li listen, y'all going to get, down and dirty we got to get them, those hands calloused up and we got to get after it and so um really wasn't a whole lot of that going on and then now you come back you fast forward two years later and heck we got to break them up <laughs> in the middle of uh practice because they're getting after each other uh so much and so uh it's so good to see uh the competitive culture going back and forth offense and defense uh, and especially o-line and d-line these guys getting after it uh has been good but i tell you what i'm real excited about the guys up front um, the guys that we've got coming back and, you know, to continue to work in this system has been great. Was there, I mean, you, you were only gone for a couple of years, but was there anything mm -hmm. that you, uh, learned about this group that you maybe didn't know beforehand? Uh, not really. You know, I, I knew a lot of these guys and had, um, you know, when, when you're working, you work with them a little bit, uh, behind the scenes and all that, you don't really get to dive into their personal life as much. And so, you know, what we've done is taken these guys out to eat uh, a few times. And, um, you know, when, when we finally get a house in this crazy market, um, you know, we'll have the guys over for dinner and all that. But you really get to have their personality come out and talk. And, um, you know, if you've ever been in a meeting that I have, you can, you can ask Lococo, like, I want people to talk. Like, I don't want to stand up there with a clicker and talk the whole time and nobody responds. Like, that doesn't do anything for me and it doesn't do anything for the guys. And so I'm all constantly asking them questions. But I bet I spent the first two or three days um, meeting with every last one of them one-on-one. -on -one. Where'd you come from? Tell me about your family. Did you grow up with mom and dad, grandma, aunt, uncle? You know, it's hard. This day and age, it's, it's, it's different. You can't just go out there and, and, and try to give some tough love on the field without spending some time to get to know who these guys are and their backgrounds and, and where they're from, but also sharing with them my background, where I'm from, you know? Um, so we've got some common ground uh, to go through, but yeah, just learning about these guys' families and really learning about all the things that they had to overcome uh, to play football, you know, and to be a Louisville Cardinal, um, you know, how COVID kind of affected them and, and some things like that. I think uh, those were good conversations to have. 
Yeah. And just a little bit of a follow up there. I'm talking about the, the meetings and how you like to run things. I'd imagine having a veteran laden group is, is super beneficial for you kind of coming mm-hmm. in and setting the tone, especially guys that know you. Are there any guys that, you know, I, we know Caleb Chandler is kind of the, the, the elder statesman and as you will of that group, mm-hmm. but is there any guys that have really emerged as the leaders of that room? Uh, Brian Hudson. I mean, he's, he stepped right in at the center position. I thought watching his film from last year, he was an incredible uh, football player. Um, but more than that, he's a great leader. And he's, he's what you want your centers to be. You don't want your center to be up and down when it comes to emotions. You want him to be calm and cool. He has to be me on the field. And now, ah, well, I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, you know I'm, 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 I'm emotional. I need, him to be, I need him to be the calm one on the field. I don't need him to be the one that's, uh, that's up and down. And so, and usually on game days, pregame, I have a good time. But in between, when it's, when it's during the play, like that to me, that's not my time to, to, to go nuts on these guys. We're trying to figure it out. Like what is going on up front? What are they doing? And let's figure it out. But Hudson's been a tremendous leader for us, uh, making sure guys get where they need to get um, and be on time. Renato Brown is a tremendous uh, leader for us as well. Um, he's done a great job. And we got some young guys uh, stepping up as well, doing a great job as far as uh, being leaders. Having a, a, an older group like that, I'm always asking them, what are they? Because I don't want to change a whole lot. You know, there's different terms that that offensive line coaches use and for the exact same thing. And so I didn't want to, I don't want to change a whole lot of the terms and stuff like that for the guys up front. And I, I asked them, I said, what do you want? How do you want to do it? And, and they would respond, this is what I, we would like to call it, coach. Perfect. Let's do it. Um, Luke Kandra is a guy that has stepped up. Um, uh, and Michael Gonzalez as well is one of the younger guys that have stepped up. And what we try to do is we try to create opportunities for these guys to lead. So if I'm coaching uh, the group and I have all right the ones up and I want the twos on defense and I want them to give me this look, um, when it's the twos turn to go on offense, the ones are going on defense. So I want Brian Hudson lined up over top of the center so that whoever my backup center is can tell he can tell him, hey, actually, you need to step like this. Actually, you need to be looking at this. You need to look at the safety. You need to look at the uh, linebacker. And so I have those guys over top of them so that they can help coach them up at the same time. Um, everything that I've been a part of has been a player-led program. Now, we're going to push guys, and we're going to do some things, and we want them to be great, and we're going to hold you accountable, no doubt. Uh, but at the end of the day, it means something different when you've got another player who's down in that daggone foxhole with you saying, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. And it even was happening in individual drills, right? We go through any drills. I say, hey, man, you need to get this right. And the guy's right there, come on, come on, whoever he is, come on, you can pick it up. Let's go, let's go. And so it was good to see, but you got to foster that. You got to allow that. You got to tell guys like, listen, you can talk. We'll be in a, in a meeting and I'm going over something and Caleb Chandler will be talking with somebody else about how they do things. Some people get upset with that. And I'm like, no, no, I'm fine with it. Are you guys good? You got it figured out? Awesome. And let's roll. Because uh, I think that's a big part of our success is guys being able to communicate with each other. Talking about those coaching styles, uh, what, what did you exactly learn under Coach Ledford during your time under him? And then I'm sure you learned a lot under Coach, uh, Coach Clark at App for those yeah. two years and now you're back here. So, so what were some kind of, what did you really take from those experiences? I, I, and I'll go back even further there. The head coach of Georgia state is Sean Elliott. Okay. He was the offensive line coach at the university of South Carolina for a long time. He was a big time motivational guy. 
I mean, he he knew how to. He was a player's coach. He knew how to get across to him, and he was the he was the fiery. Now he had that fire, and he he was going to get after you now. And I learned a lot from him. You know, I'm not sitting here uh, without learning from him uh, as well as as an offensive line coach that I work for. Uh, Dwayne Ledford, very much a technician and fundamental guy, a tremendous teacher. And um, his motivation style was a little bit different, but he knew how to build relationships with guys. And I thought that was I thought that was awesome. You know, he'd bring guys over to his house um, and, and he'd spend time with them. He'd get to know them. You know, a, a lot of times when guys are messing up during practice, let's say Hudson normally is awesome. Let's say Brian Hudson has a bad practice. Now, I can go out of my way and I can rip his hind in on some stuff. I'm like, yeah, okay. Or I can pull him aside and say, what's going on? Is there something off the field going on? Is there, you know, you, you never know. You never know. They got, these guys got girlfriends. They got stuff back home. People, you know, all kinds of stuff that going on in their lives. And you got to be able to stop everything for a moment and sit there and talk to them. And I thought I learned a lot uh, from Coach Ledford on how to do that and how to be a professional. Uh, Coach Clark did a tremendous job in recruiting. He's a, a great recruiter, knows how to build relationships, not just with the players, um, but also uh, with their parents. Um, but he was very, very big these past two years on keeping it simple for the guys up front, um, but also situational football, real big situational football, two-minute drills, red zone, how do you handle it, what kind of stance you need to be in for that situation that we're running, four-minute drills, very, very sharp uh, football coach. And so I am, I'm telling you, when I tell y'all that I am the luckiest man in the world, there's no doubt about it. I mean, to, to fall into, uh, I walked on it out, coach there, got to work with Coach Satterfield to go there, um, worked at D2 ball for a couple of years. It was awesome. You got kids playing football, uh, going to football games with just a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. That's their pregame meal, but they love it. They love it. And I had to, uh, you know, just like a high school coach, I had to paint the fields. I was one of the strength coaches. I was a recruiting coordinator and the offensive line coach at that level. Um, they just, just kept working, but I had, I was so lucky to have these great relationships with really good coaches, um, that just, I mean, to be sitting in this chair right now, guys, it's a dream come true. It really is. So you, like you're, you've had to wear a lot of hats over the years. <laughs> <laughs> no question. That's a you fact. You talked about, uh, you touched on your at days a little bit playing. Mm-hmm. You were on that team that beat Michigan back in the day. You knew, you know, I was going to bring this up in your house. You've got the best picture. I'm sure yeah. you still have it hung up where you're praying over the team with the scoreboard. Yep. Scoreboard yep. in the back in the big house. So what what was that game for you as a player? I mean, you don't get to talk to people like that every day who are a part of that game and everything. Right. I had I had I had long hair. Oh big, beautiful hair. Beard. <laughs> I was about, I'm probably 225 right now. I was 250, big, thick neck. Just a and they called me meat because they would just run me into people. They say, put meat in. He'll do it. Now they didn't so want you to were more like ball. Isaac. You were more like Isaac Martin opposed like to Marshawn. Martin. Okay. Oh, I, I was I, Marshawn. Not even close. I wasn't even close to that. <laughs> I, I was definitely uh, Isaac Martin, which is why he holds a special place in my heart. But anyway, they were not throwing me the ball. They thought I'd break it. I mean, it was not. It wasn't even close. Um, we had just won our second national championship. We just went through one of the hardest camps 
we'd ever been through. Our starting center got hurt. And so we were in there with a true freshman center playing Michigan, the biggest, huge D line and all that. They go right down the field and score. And we come back and it's third and medium, third and long. Uh, Coach Satterfield gets in the empty. He, he throws a slant. There's a, a fade on the inside, slant on the outside. We called it up slant. And uh, throws Sounds it like my day. favorite play ever. I love that play. I've never yeah. heard of it, but I love it. Love no it. doubt. He's, he's obsessed with slants, Coach. He's slants. He oh, you big, big slant guy. He, he is. Big slant guy. He's a slant man. He's an RPO guy. He's an RPO guy. Watch out. Big RPO guy. Watch out. Watch out for him, man. It's hard. Yeah. So anyway, he caught it. And the kid that caught it, um, have, I mean, he was at app because he was in a triple option system and didn't catch a whole lot of balls. And so he ran a four, two, seven in the combine. So when he caught that ball, he was out. Um, so, you know, we go on to win the game. It was just nuts. But at the end of the day, we, you know, Vince, we, we expected to win. We always expected to win no matter who it was. We're never afraid of anybody and just super competitive, just super. And we, and we didn't care. And when we did one, we weren't surprised. We were just like, all right. And to, honestly, to us, we just thought, man, we, we really just want to win a third national championship. Beating Michigan was great, but, guys, we got to win a national championship. But it was, it was very surreal. It was crazy. We came back to Boone, and the place was going nuts. Uh, bus was rocking, thousands of people. Um, it was what a time to be alive. This is kind of mad. I'm so sorry to cut you off. Just a silly question here. Do you think Malik Cunningham knows who Armonte Edwards is? I'm just curious because like for me, that's a name where like, I, I like think on it and I'm like, you know what? That was the quarterback who played at app. Like he was, he was really good. But do you think that Malik Cunningham has ever seen him play? No, absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Got to get some Armonte Edwards film on. No, but he is Malik's. He's special now. Malik, Malik reminds you a lot of him. Mm-hmm. Malik's good. And y'all know that. I mean, he yeah. is, he's, he's electric. I remember when we first got here, we were watching film because uh, at the time uh, Puma was here, Puma Pass. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were watching these games and uh, they, they had Malik in. I don't even know who, who he was playing against. And he ran a, a boot and he booted out, excuse me, and then took it to the house. Oh, yeah. Oh, Eastern Kentucky, Eastern Kentucky. I remember that he came back from injury, man. It was just like, he was gone. I said, this, this, this boy can run. And um, ever since then, I knew, I I always felt like he was a special talent. No doubt. But no, he has no idea who Armani is. (laughs) Yeah. I've I've told these guys that if everything goes according to plan, Malik could very well end up in New York. I mean, he might not win the Heisman, but he has a very good shot at it. But absolutely. We believe that. Absolutely. Um, You know, take care of him. And uh, absolutely, he's got a shot. Some of the balls that he's thrown this spring have been incredible. I mean, really nice, nice touch. Um, and, and Coach Pete Thomas has done a great job with him, uh, working with him. And so he's 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 going to be special, no doubt. Oh, absolutely. But back to the offensive line talk, something that I personally am kind of curious about now. How has the uh, development and the improvement gone amongst the younger and more inexperienced offensive linemen? Now, obviously, everyone knows about Caleb Chandler, Brian Hudson, mm-hmm. Reed, all those guys. But how how have Aaron Gunn, Tim Lawson, Austin Collins, mm-hmm. Max Cabana, he just showed up on campus. I might be butchering his name, but. No, it's Cabana, Cabana. I think. <laughs> how, how are the, the young guys doing so far? They're, they're getting there, um, you know. 
I'm going back to, um, and some of the drills are a little bit different um, than what than what uh, Coach Bignell did, but some of them remember from working with Coach Ledford what we were doing. And so you can kind of see the light starting to come on with some of the drills and some of the individual things that, that we're working through. I think all those guys have the tools uh, uh, to be successful. I think Austin Collins had a great spring, um, showed me showed me some toughness. Um, he's These guys, I mean, it, when y'all get to know these kids, it's, Austin Collins is probably one of the funnier kids I've ever been around. Him and Travis Taylor. Travis I Taylor mean, is one of the funniest. If, oh, my gosh. Quick Travis Taylor story. So we were – tailgating me and max martin where we obviously know travis and uh he comes up on the non-travel list he's decked out and is uh today i give him all for the bill shirt his travel yep. stuff and full-blown mullet pit vipers on i mean yep. probably not gonna play a down but he's no. walking in here like he's ready to whoop some ass yeah it was the coolest shit ever that's him and that's i mean and that's his mentality i mean and but he's awesome um but those young guys they're coming along well now um I call Cabana the crazy Canadian. Um, I, <laughs> I mess with him. I mess with him, but he does a he does a good job. He's still learning, guys. You, you know, and, and I'm glad you asked that question. Um, very few times at any level, where it's high school to college or college to the NFL, do guys come in and play right away, especially at the offensive line position. It is such a, a fundamental and technique oriented place, um, and it takes it just takes time to develop. Um, I think Tim Lawson's doing a fine job. Aaron Gunn, those guys are doing really good, trying to, you know, working their way into it, individual. Um, but Austin, I thought, had – out of that whole group, I thought Austin had um, one of the better uh, springs. Does Cabana still have a Canadian accent, or does he have one at all? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> he loves – no, listen. Love it. He loves – so I play music in the meetings. I can't – guys, I can't focus unless I got something going on. Like, I can't – I refuse to have a meeting where people are sitting there about to fall asleep. I got to have guys interactive. I'll have music going, turn it up, turn it down. Guys, we'll get a Gatorade. Let's, let's go. Like you've been listening to a professor talk at you for the past all day. We can't, I can't do it. And so uh, Max, you know, he's, he's, he's coming back from, from home and all that stuff. He's from Canada. So Max, you got some music. What, what kind of music you guys listen? To? I'm thinking like Drake. Like y'all got some Drake. Like you, what you what you want? Surely, to surely to God, right? Surely it's Lewis. Absolutely not. There's French French rappers. They they rap in French. <laughs> and, and we played it. We played it. And he's like, man, this kid doesn't have. He doesn't do a. He doesn't have a whole lot of emotion. But you just turn that on. He's like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> And the kid's happy. And I'm like, all right, let's get some French rap for my guy here. Whatever he needs. Yeah. You know? I might not understand it, but hey, I, I can vibe to it. <laughs> it's got a good beat. It's got a good sound to it. And the, and the rest of the players are like, yeah, Max. Okay, Max. You know? <laughs> uh, they like it. So, I mean, we do that. But, yeah, he still he still has an accent. But he's picking up. He's a super bright, super bright kid. Um very smart kid. And so, um, you know, as he continues to develop, I expect a lot of great things from him. Is there, is there a guy this off season that coach uh, Souders has gotten a hold of on the offensive line that has really kind of helped to transform someone's body, get them ready to be able to take the next step on the field. Is there any one guy that comes to mind for you this off season? Um, I think, you know, right now he hadn't had a whole lot of time with the guys. I think uh, when he get in here, uh, December or January, with, with, with coach Souders and, and mm -hmm. most of it's been just getting those guys prepared for uh spring ball. 
Um, I think the guy that's that's developed some some good strength um, would be Michael Gonzalez. Um, but I look forward to and, and actually met with with uh, Coach Souders Shouter, today and kind of talked through some of our expectations and, and what we expect from our guys and and you know how much weight we want them to put on and, and some of those things and what a great wealth of knowledge he has mm-hmm. coming from the University of Georgia. Um, and we just really talked through some of the things that they were able to do and um, and where we need to go. Like what we want, they won a national championship. So what are some of the steps we need to take to get there and to get our guys on that level? And um, I think he's doing a phenomenal job with the guys. There's a complete buy-in uh, to it. And so um, I'm expecting great things. We I, I feel I left a meeting with him today, just me and him. And I was like a freaking cloud nine. I was like, God, let's go. This is going to be awesome because I really feel like um, we're all on the same page on getting these guys where we want them to be. So for you, what was it like uh, going from being a player for Coach Set and then working with him as a coach? So what what was that kind of dynamic? I had like a small little sliver of a taste. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I even I didn't even make it into spring ball before I tore my ACL second time. What you what you hit? You hit the crowd there one time and went down. Nah. All right, it was torn. I had a torn ACL, Coach. Come on, man. <laughs> I was giving my all for the Ville during that time period. What more do you yeah, want, Paul? Yeah. Giving your all for the Ville. Um, you know what? I think for anybody who's played this sport and then now seeing behind the curtains, you're like, oh, my gosh. Like, how do y'all, how do, y'all do all of this, you know, and, and get all of this done? Um, but I, I can't say enough. I'm not sitting here if it's not for coach Satterfield, you know, um, he recruited me out of high school. I played for him, but he's one of the best play callers I've ever been around. And he's, he's confident, but at the end of the day, he's just, he's stable. He's stable. He's not, he's not up here. He's not down here. Um, and he gets a lot of that from, from coach Moore, who's in the college football hall of fame, big FCA guy. And, um, he just wouldn't, nothing faced him. Nothing. I mean, there'd be something terrible going on and he'd go, all right. And, and just would handle the situation. Um, but an, an incredible person, he'd do anything for anybody, incredible, incredibly loyal. Um, you know, having the opportunity to, for me to come back, you know, I, in my mind, I was coaching one of the best offensive lines in the group of five Appalachian state. I mean, we were, uh, like Joe Moore semifinalist, only one of two group of five schools that had them. And man, I was like, Okay, and then he he called me and and um, of course went through the interview process and all that and, and and offered me the job and I didn't know, you know we were struggling. I was like, man, I love coaching the offensive line, uh, but I want to work with Coach Satterfield again because it's such an awesome um, uh, opportunity, but also awesome situation. And my wife loves loves the Ville. My God, I'm telling you, she <laughs> loved. We lived off of Bardstown Road. It's that Whole Foods we, in it. The Whole Foods right over there. I don't think there's a Whole Foods in Boone. (laughs) No. And we walked, we'd walk down there, Havana, uh, what's that, Havana, Cuba, or whatever it is. Havana Rumba. 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 Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All the restaurants. So, and and it was great opportunities for our kids. Um, But having that opportunity to come back and, um, you know, it was one of those things that were, that was kind of discussed that, hey, you know, in the future, if, uh, if Coach Big Nail moves on, um, you know, that's something that, that we would be open to um, who knew the future was two days later, you know, you're about- 
But I'll go, okay, is he actually going to do it? You know, what, you know, you never know what's, you know, with, with um, how things work out. But man, once again, when I say I'm the luckiest guy, I mean, it just, the stuff like that, it's good. And it's been awesome, but working for a coach, it's just been him working and his wife. They're so good to my family um, and all that. So it's, it's a good deal. Just real quick before I, I actually ask my question, while we're on that topic, what was it like? I mean, you guys just start spring practice. You get you get one session in, and then you hear the next day that Bicknell is heading to North Carolina. What was that whole like? I don't want to call it a situation, but what was what was that whole thing like for for you personally? I was I, listen. I've waited. I waited my whole. All I want to do is coach offensive line. You couldn't have told me nothing. And he he <laughs> said, "All right, I'll give you." And, um, you know, wish Big Nell the best. Um, I think, you know, a lot of guys, you know, wanted him to stay and, and, and wish him the very best. Thought he was, did a great job with the guys. Um, but I, I told Sad, I said, once you activate me, there's no deactivation. Like, I'm, I am. <laughs> it's full go, 24 It doesn't stop. This knows. When you tell me that, I, that I'm going to go do something, it's, it's on. And so, uh, for me, you know, giving me that opportunity – us in heaven like this is this is what I want to be this is what I want to do I want to coach offensive line I want to work with these guys um you know I love the relationships I love the grittiness I love the work um I feel like I feel like that's that I'm built for that um and so it's a little bit stressful um but more than anything I'm just excited because I mean at the end of the day guys you just kind of shoot your shot Mm -hmm. you know go just do go do the best you can and if it doesn't work out, all right, but at least I, I gave up my all, you know? And so you can't be afraid. Like, I, you know, you can't be afraid to go in there and do it and do what you got to do. And so, um, man, I was just more than anything, I was super excited. And, and, you know, the steps following up to that is just, you know, spending time and, and really getting to know the kids and, and talking to them and, and seeing what they want to do and, you know, how we move forward from here. Um, was really the, the, the biggest part to, to handling those kinds of situations. Um, but more than anything, I was chomping at the bit. Let, <laughs> let, let me. And, but, you know, it was good because I know the system. You know, I've been in the system for probably 10 to 12 years. And so um, when that transition happens, I think that's probably the, the most logical, easiest move to make. That's what I was telling the guys before we uh, started recording with you was just how well you know the playbook. I mean, I remember learning the signals from you before I transitioned to doing that over full time. Zeb Zeb started teaching me more upstairs and uh, Mm -hmm. the playbook and things just the like when he says he wants an interactive meeting room. First thing Marshawn Ford, Isaac Martin, Ian Pfeiffer would do as soon as they walked in the meeting room would be he'd have three outside zone plays drawn up on the board. Yep. And they'd have to draw up how they were going to block them. Mm-hmm. So, like, things like that is how he's relating, getting these guys already. As soon as they walk in, there's no distractions. There's no BS. It's, you know, mm-hmm. immediately. And we did this. We did the same thing. And so um, we put the plays up on the board, and they have from the morning till about 2.30, go ahead and knock those out, or you knock them out as soon as we get in there. But they're writing them up, and we, we jump straight into it. And, hey, this is what we did. Boom, boom, boom. Um, just trying to teach as much as possible. So we'll, we'll put them on the board. You do film, you do uh, handouts. Um, and I don't, as much as offensive line is a long meeting group, like you're, you're going to be in there because you're talking about five guys, every single play, 
So if you have 70 plays a game, you're talking about five guys, each one, how your footwork, your steps, your hat placement, all that stuff. Um, as much as I enjoy meetings, I try to get it in and out as quick as I can and get out there on the field and try to walk through. Um, and that's partially because I was like that, like walk me through it and I'll understand what you're talking about. So we made guys write it down. They draw it up on the field. We show them a film clip of what exactly we want it to look like. We show them individual clips of this is that exact block in the envy. And now this is the exact block in a team period. And you didn't take the right step here. Therefore, you didn't take this right step there. This is why individual is so important. Um, so everything kind of correlates, but that's kind of, that's our um, process of how we progress through uh, the teaching with all that. Oh, but, but oh yeah, they're going to be on the board writing stuff down constantly. You. Yeah, you. Enjoying this podcast? Like sharing Louisville events and news with like-minded individuals? Love being a part of the Louisville community? This podcast is part of a first-of-its-kind podcast network at thestateofwilville.com. With daily news and opinions, seven podcasts, webcasts, and more, the State of Louisville is your home for anything and everything Louisville. Check them out at stateofwilville.com today. I want to switch gears just a little bit now. I want to preface this question by saying, yeah, I, I know you can't really name names because of the nature of the question, but when you're out on the recruiting trail and you're uh, look breaking down prospects, you know, doing things of that nature, what kind of guys are you looking for when you're evaluating a prospect? When it, whether that be from a physical standpoint or like personality standpoint, what what is, I, I guess, like the first thing you look for in a prospect? Um. Overall size, we got to have big boys. We got to get big. We got to be big. And that's one of the things um, when I met with Coach Souders today, what's the average size of your incoming freshman center guards? What's the average size of the incoming freshman at Georgia tackle? Um, so you want to have some good size. We run a unique system, okay, where we are sold out to outside zone, no doubt. So you got to have guys, some guys got some twitch and uh, some athleticism. And so finding that, that mixture of a good size and athleticism, um, but I would say you're looking at all that, but I want a gritty effort guy who wants to finish, who loves football, doesn't love recruiting, loves football. Um, and I, if they love recruiting also, that's fine, but they better love football just as much as they love uh, recruiting. Having football guys, and, you know, we've talked to – Man, when you're in this in this business and you talk to so many people in this industry, the same thing is said over and over and over again, where the media is at times caught up in the stars. We try to find football players. And that's what you ask an NFL scout. You ask a coach at Alabama. They don't care about the stars. We want football players. Um, and so that's what we're looking for, guys that, that want to get after it. And, yeah, they may have some stars because they picked up some offers as a freshman, or maybe they don't have any. Whatever it is, um, I don't care about all that. What I care about is guys that love the game. and But, of course, they got to meet those, you know, how big are you, what's your size, all of that stuff. Um, GPA, believe it or not, means a lot to us. You know, you need to know. You know, you need to know where you're going. I need to know that you have some, some understanding. Um, man, guys that have been wrestlers, Shoot, love those. 
they're tough, gritty guys. You know, they like to get after it. So it's guys like that. How many wings do they need to be able to eat in one sitting? Would you Lord say? knows. Like 15 to 20? Like, you got to see an offensive lineman clear the boat, right? right? If they hand it back Absolutely. to you and there's meat on it, you're like, hey, hey, sorry, scholarship revoked. I got to go somewhere else. No, no, you got to eat. You got yeah. to be able- No <laughs> doubt. No doubt. Um, gosh, I don't think Roosters has any more chicken wings. Uh, that's we, right. went there, we went there last night. I think they might be all out. I've heard, I've heard it's scientifically proven that eat, eating rooster's wings makes you a better football player. I, I don't know. You got to argue with the science somewhere else. I'm just the messenger here, but that's what I've heard. No question. No question. Makes you a better football player. That's right. Apparently that and sweet tea. <laughs> Frank's red hot too, right? I love, listen, I'm a oh, big. Texas Pete. So I got the new killer, the new killer, I think it's what's called, new killer sauce on the wings. And, mm. uh, and I was letting some of the guys try it. I gave it. I gave some to Malik. He took a like a fry and dipped it down in there, lit him up. Uh, <laughs> uh, I put some of it on my wings, but it's. I mean, it's got some. It's got some stink to it now. Got some kick to it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, <laughs> does it? But it's good. So let's. You mentioned wrestlers, right? You want to recruit wrestlers and some things like that. Uh, yep. You wrestle a little bit yourself, you know, with the guys, with some of the coaches and stuff. <laughs> I remember being in the quarterback room in 2019, and I hear this loud thud come from the, uh, what, all the team room, the staff room, I believe. And, staff uh, room. Yeah, Zeb comes around the corner and says, you and Sat put a hole in the wall. I'm like, what in the world are that's, they doing? That's so how you who, know. who won the wrestling match between you and our head coach, Scott Satterfield? Absolutely. <laughs> that's how you know your boys guys i mean <laughs> you get in there and you have a good time um man i haven't I, i'm telling you when i say i've been lucky i've been on great staffs like i've never had to work for somebody who was just a straight jack leg like i've always worked for people that are good people um we probably had an argument or a <laughs> discussion about something and then but that's what he does he's like you know he recruited me uh young guy but the hole in the wall is because I and, and listen, he's going. He'll call me out if I don't tell the truth about the story. <laughs> the truth of the matter is, is that he got up underneath me, and it was my back that, that went into, and, and, the, and the hole is still there. But it is my back that <laughs> the wall. So now this is now public knowledge. I probably will have to see. I'll have some kind of bill or something now sent to me. Way to go, <laughs> Vince. Way to go, Vince. Yeah, way to go. Send it to yeah, Vince. He'll take care of it. Yeah, he'll take okay, care of it. Okay, now the important question, who won? No, we just – when you hear a crack in the wall, you just stop. You stop. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> we're, we're too old. We're too old for this. Listen, <laughs> they, let these, they don't let these guys up in here. We're putting holes in the wall. I mean, yeah, we're rushing to get chairs to cover it up, put a banner over it. Yeah. It's, like it's not even there. It's probably <laughs> hidden behind a poster now. And yeah. Nobody even knows. And it's like, a, it's like an indention in the um, – in a drywall. That's all it is. Not a real hole. It's like an, an indention. And uh, my first day back, I walked in there. Still there. there. Still there. <laughs> still there. It, it's just like the steps leading up to the uh, the Ab State's offices. That's right. Uh, you know, it's just yep. the hard work. You know, that's all you and Coach Moore saying. One and same. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> all right, Coach. We got a couple more before we get you out of here. Again, appreciate yeah. you dropping in and talking a little bit of spring football and Louisville football. Just, you know, this is a bit, uh, you know, 
goofy question slash serious, but I've been talking all offseason about the importance of getting those big boys into the end zone and scoring a touchdown at some point. We've seen it a few times over the last couple mm. of years. I asked Coach Sad about it. He said he'd be down. So can can we sign you up for Lyndon, a few of your big boys, to coach Darrell Sims to get into the end zone on a fourth and one goal line type of play? Can, can we expect to see a little bit of that in the playbook maybe this year? You know, I don't know if we'll hand it off to him. I mean, our <laughs> guys are so athletic. <laughs> We'll probably just throw it to him. That's probably that's probably what we need to do. I'm about just it. Hey, it guys. let let uh, Trevor Reed do a flip over the offensive line. I mean, I that dude. There's got to be somebody that can play in the backfield or score out wide on. I mean, I know it is there. Oh, yeah. six six in the building somewhere. Yeah. No, oh, no, no doubt, no doubt. We'll see if we can't put something together. We'll figure it out, or at least I'll put someone at, at least put someone at fullback or something something like that. Yeah. And hand it to him. Well, then Isaac will get upset, and then it'll become a thing. Uh, you better throw. <laughs> you know, you know he's gonna get butt hurt if you throw a touchdown. To no, I'm telling you, like, these guys. Oh, we're going. We're gonna let Trevor Reed get a touchdown. I ain't had it. Yeah, you know how it is. Like, <laughs> <laughs> my my last question for you, Coach. Mike Stout stole your thunder these past two years with you being yeah. gone. Who's yeah. gonna be the guy? getting lifted up at the beginning of the game are y'all gonna have to fight it out or are the guys just gonna pick you because you're a little bit lighter than Mike Quan probably probably um I don't know you know what I had we hadn't even thought about it you know we might have a rotation going mm-hmm. of uh of what we need to do maybe I'll do some home games he'll do like the away game I don't know paper rock scissors we'll figure it out you know um but love Mike Quan. he's 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 a good coach good dude but I remember them calling me <laughs> what after I left and, and they were asking my opinion <laughs> on who I thought it was should be. And I was like, guys, I don't know. <laughs> That's how you know you really set like a precedent of greatness and excellence right. when they're calling you and asking you who you think's the guy that should put up on his shoulders and get hyped before the game. <laughs> who do you think it should be? Do you feel like it should be this guy? And I was like, I don't guys, I, I really don't know. I've we've we gotta find a way to win ball games. Like I <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Last question again, Coach Nick Carwell, offensive line coach of the University of Louisville. Coach Carwell, what is the one thing that you have as the kind of uh big focus of the summer and the rest of the offseason for your guys? I would say um our biggest thing, man, there's so many things that that I, it, we just had a lot of our exit meetings with all of our guys. Um for me, it's the fundamentals and technique side of things. Um, these guys, you know, continuing to develop that. And that was the two things, like your technique, uh, number one, your technique. And number two, guys, we, we've got to finish. We have got to finish. We have got to chase the football, and we have got to score in the red zone, and we have got to finish. At the end of games, we have got to find a way. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's a four-minute drive a two-minute drive, a 15-minute drive, we have got to find a way uh, to win. So those emphasis of finishing is, is a big part of it. Um, and then, of course, working our technique in and out every single day. Um, these guys have drills to, to work on. Um, they have everything that they need to be successful. Um, and so – that's the biggest thing that we want our guys to work on in the offseason. And they'll do it. We got great leadership up there um, from our guys. And uh, they, these kids, they want to win. I mean, they, they want to win. They want to compete. They believe that we are going to win um, an ACC championship. That's it. And that's why Caleb Chandler came back. 
That's why Marshawn Ford came back. You know, that's why Malik is still here because we all believe that's our goal and that's what we're going to get done. Exciting days ahead for the University of Louisville. Coach Nick Carwell, thank you so much for joining us, taking time out of your schedule. Uh, hope to hear from you again soon and best of luck to you guys this summer. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate it, Coach. Another big thank you to Coach Nick Cardwell joining us tonight on From the Pink Seats podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show anywhere that you get your podcast. Rate and review us there. Support the state of Louisville, the Louisville Report, Matt, Vince, and myself by subscribing, checking out the Louisville Report of Sports Illustrated as well as stateofLouisville.com. We uh, will be back soon. We've got some more stuff in the works for you guys. A ton of great football uh, is still to be talked about over the next coming week, couple of weeks, even though it is the offseason. And although we do officially move away from football taking place on the field, recruiting happening at a, at a record pace right now, just another commitment in the last couple of days. Transfer portal will again pick up for Louisville as they try to clean up the roster, put some more pieces together. Uh, and then, of course, tons of great uh, narratives and storylines to dive into. Uh, maybe taking some step back and looking at some of the former players, talking to them. A, a lot of great stuff in the works here on From the Pink Seats podcast, and we hope that you guys will stay tuned in.